a pastor and a mom and a rabbi walk into a bar and the bartender says, what is this? Some kind of joke? That's the great rabbi dad joke told to me by my good friend, Rabbi Bruce Pfeffer. It's not part of this particular conversation. This is a conversation with Imam Ahmed Alamin. I don't want to introduce him twice because I go on to say more about him in a moment, but what a gift this brother is to my life and to our campus and to my spirit. There's just so much I could say to contextualize this conversation, but you know, I just want you to hear the conversation. I think the thing that's there, the dynamics that is there is just, is more beautiful than anything I would know how to say about it. So let me just drop you in the middle of this little live, uh, something really extraordinary, I think, about Pentecostal pastor and a mom doing something like this. Hope you're provoked. I feel like you're going to be provoked. But I also hope you enjoy it, because part of what happens with us is always there's a lightness of spirit, there's a joy, it's a kinship. I hope you'll feel something to that. Thanks for being on this journey with me. Thank you for allowing me to walk with you through this Lenten journey. And in a way, this is all Lenten, even as we talk a little bit about Lent and Ramadan. What a cool thing to explore. I just... I'm just going to let you hear the thing. Appreciate y'all. Hey, y'all. I am so happy to be live right now with one of my favorite humans in the world, Imam Ahmed Alamin, so happy to see you, my friend. Good seeing you. Um, this is, it has been a while, and apologies, I feel like it's been a while since I've connected with anybody, because somewhere between my winter term course, which I just um, finished reading all their beautiful papers this week, uh, starting Lent, and I'm pastoring again at a lovely Methodist church here, um, so just lots of things happening, but this is this is something that I just love to be able to do because, first of all, you're one of my favorite humans ever. I'm like it's the reciprocated brother. Well, I mean, we're like, and here's the thing, y'all. If anybody has, ha, ever has a problem with Imam Alamin, they've got a problem with me. Like, I would just be your bodyguard. And um, this is what brotherhood is about. That's right. Absolutely, yes. Well, we just have. Uh, we were laughing, by the way, just now because I texted Nicole, "Hey, I'm going to go live with." Imam Alamin, and I, it, this happens every time I use Siri. It always translates uh, Imam to your mom. <laughs> so I texted her, I'm about to go live with your mom. <laughs> like, I'm actually not going live with your mom, though that might be, that would be great too. <laughs> but with Imam, uh, Imam yes. <laughs> not quite the same thing. So. <laughs> Siri wanted to understand it the other way. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but we just, uh, it, it truly, and I tell people this all the time. Well, you know, I, I don't know if we've talked about this since. I, I really gushed about you in my book. I said a lot about so you. So we talked a little bit about your book, and I have not actually, you were supposed to be, was it that I was supposed to be sending you my address? and then Did, I did it not, not come? I did not. I honestly I didn't send you the address. I you did send me the address, and I, and I, and I thought I'd send the book. Let me double Maybe check. I sent it to, to someone's mom. <laughs> Rather than you, mom, maybe you not. You will not see me anymore. That's amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> that yeah, I, I need to double check that. Oh well, no, just like uh, no pressure that way. I just uh, I just yeah, talk I about you a lot because your friendship means so much to me, and getting to do this together is really just, learned, it's such a joy. I learn I've learned a lot from you, so and oh. thank you for your kindness, your generosity, your hospitality, and uh, making this place the whole place welcoming for everyone. Mm. Uh, thank you for saying that. Well, I, well, we just have. We have such a special thing going, and I thought, and I, I didn't mean to dive into the deep end of the pool here, but it maybe is worth saying. Back in December, um, we had a time I thought was so special that was very much initiated by our students, but for our Muslim and Jewish communities on campus to to come together, uh, which was very much their idea. And even, and I thought they were so wise and mature. I was in the meeting when they first set it up, and the one of the first things they said was that. Um, Rather than drafting a statement, we feel like us being together is more of a statement. Yeah. But I just, that night was so wonderful. And I've had the thought many times since then. I really think it's powerful that, and I, and I feel lucky because of this, that in a time like that, where there's a lot of trauma and tension, that we're not suddenly trying to figure these relationships out, but that there's something really gorgeous that's happening. Uh, they already exist. You know, oh, 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 as I was saying earlier, one thing that is really unique about DePaul is that the, the spiritual center is like one building for all these different religions yeah. and faith. So you actually unintentionally perhaps dictated the fact that we should, we have to coexist. Mm. That's not a choice. Mm. Now, our job is not, uh, or our responsibility is not how to coexist now is managing these relationships. Yeah. And just like we are in the same building, we need to make sure that we maintain this relationship and that building is for all of us. Yes. And yeah. honestly, this is the the way the world should look like. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are all in the same boat, literally. And yeah. we are in the same planet. And as beautifully, mm. you know, some of the astronauts, so, um, I can't remember who, who that person was, but mm. when they left the earth mm. and they look at the earth from outside, they saw it, as one place mm. that is called home for all of us, regardless wow. yeah. of what our faith backgrounds are yes. or our cultural backgrounds, our nationalities. Mm. And I'm really inspired by that because most of the time we don't look at the world from outside. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I, what uh, Deepaw did is just, uh, you know, very essential because instead of having separate buildings, right, we're all in the same building. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have to talk to one another. That's right. That's and I right. think uh, the students did an amazing job. Uh, mm. Your leadership was amazing, uh, oh. facilitating because that could not happen without the platform. And the, you, you made the platform available, but also safe for everyone to be able to be themselves. Uh, well, that's incredibly generous. But I feel like what I'm able to do is so easy because you're here in the mix, and Rabbi Pfeffer. I mean, and we. And of course, y'all been friends for a long time. We miss Rabbi Pfeffer. I, I don't think he'd mind me saying, here. yes, because yes, he was going to be part. We're doing this Freedom of Expression Summit this weekend. He was going to be joining us, but sadly, he and his entire family got COVID while on while vacationing in France. So they have t had to delay their return. And certainly, we're we're praying for them. By the way, this might this. Uh, I love it to just say these things that can be provocative within our traditions. If I need prayer in my life or if I need like wise spiritual counsel, I want y'all to know Imam Alameen is one of the first people I would call. I, uh, that's really sincere. It, it's it's my pleasure and honor uh, to be here for you. And also, you know, we have a, a saying in Islam that says wisdom is a loss mm. for every one of us. 
we should seek and look for it everywhere. Yeah. And I really see that wisdom in you. And uh, mm. many times people claim to be wise, uh, but during crisis and difficult times, that's when the wisdom would manifest itself. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that that wisdom actually played a key role in uh, bringing the two groups, the Jewish citizens and the Muslim citizens, to be able to talk to one another. Yeah. We do not have control over what is going on overseas, but we have control over our relationship. Yeah. And that requires a lot of wisdom to take place. Yes. Um, and it's very delicate. Yes. And, yes. Uh, the time was very delicate. Yeah. But the way we uh, we did it was just amazing. And I, I couldn't mm. hope for better. And I really think this should be the model for all campuses and universities. Yes. And I'm really looking forward for the tomorrow's conference where, yeah. you know, freedom of expression, that is essential human right. For, and uh, um, if we don't get to talk freely on campuses, I mean, where would we? That's right. And, uh, and this is why I'm very grateful uh, to be your partner in, uh, mm. in this noble work and continue being my brother, man. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I love I, I, I'm so honored that we get to do this together. And I think we um, well, for one, it's sad to me because I think a lot of people and universities, campuses in particular, probably in America, um, probably is where there's been the most tension the last few months. So of course it's volatile, yes. but it makes me sad when people feel like the only way to handle a thing is bury their heads in the sand yeah. and not talk about it. Let's just not have any discussion because that's not authentic. That's yes. not real relationship. Yes. Uh, you talk about like this kind of connection in terms of wisdom, um, certainly where I come from. And it's, you know, and I've talked a lot about this idea of the, for me, there being a sound of God that mm -hmm. is, for me, transcends ideology and how much I hear that sound in you in particular. That's one of the things I get at in the, in my Advent book when I talk about Imam Al-Amin is so much recognize that, that sound in him. But this idea that there is, there is a spirit and whatever language we use for that, you recognize it. Yes. Soul recognizes soul. Yeah. Spirit recognizes spirit. It does. It is beyond. English language or Arabic language, it mm. is unspoken language. Yes, that's right. That's I call right. It wireless connection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Wireless connection. Yeah, that's it. That's brilliant. And we do. I feel like whenever we're in the same room, both of us, like we just light up because you kind of you you recognize that spirit, that sense of presence in another person. And I and one of the things I found so fascinating is how often I don't feel that among people, sometimes even other clergy within my own tradition. And it's how interesting it I is. When you know <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a matter of principles. Yes, yes. And uh, one thing that I, I really think that we all need to have is, first of all, being respectful to one another, even yeah. when we have d different uh, ideas, opinions, mm. um, but also at the same time, willing to learn about one another. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, one thing, if we don't know one another, there is no way we can work with one another. Sure. And this is what I see really in our relationship, getting to know one another more and more and more about our yeah. traditions, about our values. And yeah. look, trust me, um, we have a lot in common. Mm, yes. And, uh, yes. you know, these values are, and, and I see them in all Abrahamic mm. faith. Uh, the value of human being, the value yes. of uh, not only, uh, you know, keeping them alive, but dignity mm. so um very grateful for this relationship and i really hope i'm not saying we should be the model for the world yeah but i'm very grateful for this uh, oh model and me too me too it's i'm so grateful and i mean when you talk about like the um uh even that sense of curiosity and learning from each other i legitimately and we just did this a few minutes ago i so look forward to juma prayer when you're here because i want to be able to hear these 
beautiful messages that you deliver. I mean, really they build weird. my soul. It's really weird that you attend the Jummah prayers more than a lot of actual Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny it's really weird and and, uh, and I felt like you know what uh, you know I, I don't know if your time is worth it or not I hope uh, you're making value out of it but I'm I'm sure I really welcome you every time you're there and and I, I I really feel like you are really paying not you're not only there you are paying attention yeah you you are listening because yeah. there's a difference between listening and hearing Yes. You're yes. actually listening. Yes. And, and you know, you mentioned one thing that whatever we say in the Juma, you can just use it and preach it in every... Mm. And I would say the same thing. I, I listen to a lot of pastors, especially when I'm driving in the South. Mm. You know, I, every next radio station is actually um, mm. you know, a, a gospel. And, and the gospel is praised in the Quran. Mm. And that is why I really think it's very important for us to start talking about this wisdom and share it between. Yes. So that yes. we can make the world a better place. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I can say I really, I really am listening because I think there's like, I always feel like I hear things that I deeply need to hear and I feel instructed by it. But it is, I've told you before, I've never heard you say anything in one of those that I would disagree with, which is fascinating considering how different our theological backgrounds. But again, something of that sound. I, 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 I'm I happy to just let this go wherever it, it needs to go. But I loved, you know, and this might be worth if you felt comfortable sharing this. So the first time I ever heard you speak, you shared this story. And I'll go ahead and give this as the connection, connective tissue here. In the Pentecostal tradition, where testimony is such a thing. And there's a certain way that we tell testimonies. And I feel like that has its own sound to it. But when you told the story about when you were training to be an imam mm -hmm. and you had the test, mm -hmm. would you would, would you mind telling that story? I love the story. Could you please refresh my memory? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like when you uh, you had a test, and I think a lot of it was in English, and you didn't know English yet. Oh yeah, so that I love was no, no. So that was actually okay, okay. So that was not my test for being imam. Okay, uh, it was uh, when I was in Jordan, ah. and uh, I was doing my masters, and as soon as we finished the qualifying exam. Before you start your dissertation, mm. you have to pass a test. And that test is called TOEFL, Test of English uh, as a Foreign Language. And I didn't speak any English. Mm. And uh, you know what? I, typically, when I'm faced with challenges, I would call my mom mm. and tell her to pray for me. Is that what you're referring to? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. okay. So, um, and then I called my mom and I said, Mom, uh, please make prayer for me. I, uh, there is an exam and I need 400 points in that mm. exam. And mm. then she's like, what kind of exam is it? I said, don't ask me because I don't understand it myself. Mm. Then actually, I think, I'm sure she prayed actually. And the result came and it wasn't 399. It wasn't 401. It was exactly 400. And wow. God knows I did not wow. understand even one single question, mm. let alone the answers. Mm. So I'm glad it was multiple choices. Yeah. So I kept just, you know, checking, checking randomly. And uh, this is why I said the power of prayer. Yeah, and especially yeah. the power of prayer for moms and mm. parents, and uh, mm. that's why in our traditions, Muslim, and I'm sure it is actually in all traditions, uh, we have to be kind to our parents. Yes, and uh, yes. when we are kind or to our parents, their prayers are so powerful. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. But so, but 400 was exactly the score. That exactly. Was so they, so it could be more, uh -huh. it could be less, uh -huh. but they needed 400. For me to pass. Wow, wow. And that is the different departments have different requirements. Mm. Like engineering, they had higher requirement. For um, mine was Islamic finance and banking. They mm. had only they asking for they were asking for four hundred. Mm. 
And I, I told her, just ask for 400. Wow. Wow. See, and that's part of what I love so much about this. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of story I've heard so often. This is the kind of testimony in Pentecostal churches or that I would give. I had this thing. I've got a praying mom. I called her last minute. I asked her to pray. And then getting the score, it wasn't a 399. It wasn't a 401. It was exactly 400. I mean, you hear that story that's like, that's God, you know? Like, how is that not God? There is no no way it could be from some, because Mm. I knew I didn't speak any English at that time. Mm. And the whole test is about English. Wow. And I I, honestly, I I mean, I I believe in God always. I've always believed in God. But these moments would make me believe even more. And and, and this is why Mm. I tell people, you know, your condition could be, Horrible, difficult. You don't see even path out of it. Mm. But trust me, you pray, God is here to answer. Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, right. I, I from that point, and that was my first actually concrete prayer that was answered, mm. and exactly in a numeric way. Wow. But, wow. And, and since then, I just you know I have I've always had more hope in God, and absolutely, uh, absolutely have firm belief in. Mm. And and ask you know I, I I really see people you know from they come from different faith backgrounds and so forth. You ask God, He yeah. hears you. Yes, yes. This is one of the reasons I feel like we connect the way that we do too. Is that I mean, mystics within traditions, and by that I just mean people who where experience is central. I feel like I always find each other because that experience of God and that experience of God working and moving, it's not just about theology or ideology. Yeah. It's about the work of God in the world. And when you've experienced that and other people have, that in and of itself is such a is such a powerful connection. And especially if you are, I don't know um, our audience, uh, you know, which the, uh, the faith groups they are from, but especially if you are from one of the Abrahamic faith yeah. groups, uh, that uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, it's just, we have so much in common. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I share a lot with my uh, Christian friends, you know, you read the Quran, you will find almost every other prophet that their name, their name is mentioned in the Bible. Mm. And that, uh, you know, this is striking similarities. Uh, and just like you see the similar similarities between the Old Testament and yeah. the New Testament. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, because Mo- Jesus came to perfect the message of Moses, Prophet Moses. Yes. And brought the New Testament and brought the gospel. We believe Muhammad, you know, brought the newer Testament. So mm. this brings a lot of wisdom about what mm. we have in common. And, yes. And, uh, and we can build on it. Yes. I still believe that. And I... I'm so interested in, and ha- wh- however you'd want to speak to this, I love the way that, without telling any of your business, because I do yeah, think often we must, that we seem to occupy similar spaces within our own tradition, because mm-hmm. then we have these texts, but then um, there are different ways of interpreting that text. Yes. And yes. I find that something that I so connect even with your talks is just this sense that Clearly, the way that you're interpreting the text is always going to be more bent towards love, mercy, inclusion, justice, but not every, I know like in my world, those are the ways I feel like I primarily am going to interpret uh, these texts, but it's not how everybody in my tradition is This is how we have in Islam as well. I mean, people use Quran to kill some uh, people, mm. right? They, they, they use the Quran not to kill only people who are from the other faith besides Islam, but they use the Quran to kill Muslims. Mm. And I, this is why, I, you know, when I talk about the uh, extremist group and terrorist group, they kill more Muslims than they kill people who from different faith. Wow. Um, and uh, this is the reason why I'm, 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 I'm firm believer that, you know, uh, 
first of all, my 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 training is actually Sharia, Islamic mm. Sharia, and that Sharia is actually used as a weapon by extremists uh, mm. to 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 kill people. And I'm understanding from Sharia is peaceful coexistence. Yeah, uh, being kind to my neighbors, being you know, this is my obligation. The hell and heaven, I don't have control over it. Mm. I have control over my relationship with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have an obligation to be kind with you um, because of neighborhood, mm. but also because of human race. Mm. God did not create us, every every single one of us from different uh, being. He created Adam first mm. and then created Eve from Adam. And then we are all children of Adam and Eve, whether we want it or not. Yeah. We are one yeah. family. Yeah, it's It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. And this is why I tell people, you know, if you have a hard time coexisting with another human being, uh, we have a problem. Yeah. Because yeah. your siblings who were delivered by the same mom and dad, you have differences. Between, yeah. But you still should coexist with them. Absolutely. You should still love them. They're still your brothers and sisters. Mm. And so we are as a human being. We are all brothers and sisters in yes. humanity. Yes. And this is my obligation. Mm. I need to use, interpret the Quran or the statement from the Prophet in a way where I should peacefully Mm. coexist with you not only like just ceremonial coexistence but true coexistence Mm. meaning we have to you know be kind with one another i have obligation to protect you yeah yeah and this is an obligation this is my interpretation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes of course there are verses in the quran that talks about you know uh um, war and so forth sure and these are circumstantial verses yeah and uh, we're not eradicating these verses from the quran sure they existed and they existed in circumstances that were needed at that time Mm. but my relationship with you should be nothing but peace and love yeah yeah well and and see i find i love to talk about this and it's so fun to talk about it with you it's one of the reasons why i push back because i think you've got people who have this sense that all of our sacred texts. Well, you know, from their time, they're so violent and problematic and this other. I tend to think of, that our sacred texts work more like a Rorschach test, you know, like in psychology, when you look at the ink blots, what you see says a whole lot more about you than it does about the ink blot. Yeah. And I find it very much that way about the text. It's like, hey, when violent people read these texts, because, you know, a whole this is a might be a ridiculous parallel, but a whole lot of people are going to watch game of thrones or breaking bad or whatever and they're not going out and killing people but they watch stories that involve violence like that's not the only way to interpret the violence in those stories is that it's prescriptive for how you're supposed to live your life you know i was listening to a pastor uh that's pastor uh bob roberts he's Mm. a prominent evangelical pastor who i really respect him and uh i we do a lot of multi-faith work with him and he put it and said religion would make a good would make good people better mm. and would make evil people worse. Ooh. Wow. Wow. I, I literally wow. I listened to that and I, I, I really sucked it in. Whew. Because yeah. religion was supposed to be here for the welfare of people. Yes. Yes. It is not here to exterminate people. Yeah. Religion is here to make sure that people are not hungry. Religions are here to make sure people are safe. Religions are here mm-hmm. to make sure we are we have justice. Absolutely. We have fair life. Religions are here to make sure we have family institution. We have mm. community. We have society that you know is that is governed by morality. Yeah. And if religion is not doing that job, it is not the fault of the religion. Yeah. It is the way we are interpreting religion. Yeah. So this is why I said, you know what? 
I listen to a lot of pastors and I learn mm. a lot from them. And I, one of the things that I guess, religion does make bad people worse. Yeah. I so believe it. It, oh, it, it. it makes me think of, there's a line in the Gospels where Jesus actually says to religious teachers of his day that you're making people double sons of hell. Like they're even worse than you are. And this idea that like, oh, you, there really is a religion that's so toxic that you'd be better to have no religion than to have that religion. But it makes sense to me that kind of often whatever is in people gets yes. magnified yes. when you put them in this giant story, cosmic story with all this, these stakes that then whatever they are, just I, gets I, I'll add to that, you know, the way we look at God, mm. some people will present God as that angry, um, revengeful, mm. who's waiting for people to commit sin yeah. and then destroy them. Yeah. But also, you know, to, you know, God, the same God you are explain, you know, you are describing that way. Mm. Is the same God I believe the most merciful, yes, the compassionate, yes. the one who loved His creation. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying God has to be fair. God is just, but at the same time, sure, He says in our in my tradition, God says, "I uh, my mercy superseded my anger." Mm. Yeah, but yes. the way many people present God today, yeah. Like almost, I have to fear God. Yeah. Always to worship Him. No, I have mm. to love Him to worship Him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. See, again, these are all things I would a thousand percent say amen to because I just think, even when we read about the fear of God, the idea is it's so much more like a, there's a reverence for God, but there's not a. This is there's so many things. So this brings up so many things. I mean, for one, even today, as you were talking about Ramadan, and of course. Christians just started Lent. Ash Wednesday, I was preaching yeah. at Gobin. And I hear you always making the same move that I do when I talk about these practices, because I feel like you, of course, there are versions of this where people could be legalistic and harsh and you need to do that and you should do this. But what I hear you doing when you talk about Ramadan, when you talk about fasting, which would be fascinating, by the way, to talk about since Ramadan and Lent both incorporate fasting, is for me, there's always this sense of wanting to get to, okay, no, what's the, what's the invitation here? Because I'm so convinced these practices are really supposed to, they're supposed to liberate us, not oppress us. Yeah. They're not, they're not rules for rules sake. These are actually tools yes. to help people get free. I would love to hear how you, what you, you know, would say. That. I can talk about this for hours, mm. but, um, and I'm really glad that there's intersectionality between Lent and, and Ramadan this year, and they both involve fasting. Yeah. And this is literally what the Quran said about fasting. Um, or the, on the, to the Muslims, we have prescribed fasting upon you, just like we have prescribed it upon the nations mm. before you. So fasting is a universal practice. Mm -hmm. Fasting is difficult. Yes. You are starving. Yeah. And you are going against your nature as a human being who would like to eat. Mm. If you make that more difficult about rules, then people will go away from it. Sure. So it's hard enough to tell people now, instead of focusing on the rules, Yes, we need to learn the rules, but we need to make people understand why do we fast? Yeah. Why God wants us? Why do God has to be happy with us starving? Mm. The concept is not a starvation. Yes. The concept yes. is bringing humility in you. Yeah. Bringing why God is asking you to do so. By fasting, of course, you are being healthier. Yes. By fasting, you are shifting. I mean, we were talking about mental clarity. Yeah. I mean, yes, your your stomach is, you know, fighting you, but your mind is so clear and satisfied mm. that you can actually deliver the message in more clarity. And That's then right. and instead of thinking about food, now you are thinking about multiple other things. Yeah. And honestly, there is another thing. 
we fast by choice. Mm. There are people who fast because they don't have access to food. Sure, sure. And to me, when I eat every day, mm. I don't pay attention to that. Mm. So fasting is an opportunity to create empathy in me. Yes, and, yes. And the whole notion is, okay, God wants to make you more empathetic people, mm. more compassionate people, healthier mm. people, and people who, you know, hey, I'm more than food. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, and I'll finish with this. You know, we might be f hungry physically, yes, but we're spiritually full when we're yes, fasting. Yes. So it's just a spiritual awareness. And we, and I mm -hmm. hear the pastor saying this, he said, we as human beings, we are not physical beings that have a spiritual component, yeah. but we are a spiritual being that has physical. Components. Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so we good. are more spiritual beings yes. than just the physical part. Yeah. Um, there's a... A Christian writer, Richard Foster, had this line I've thought about forever where he says, talks about how fasting is feasting on God. And this idea, oh, like, you're not, you're it. not just depriving, yeah. you're becoming more awake in all these other ways. One of my favorite things about the way Muslims approach fasting, I've heard you talk about this before. I love this whole notion that it's a time that brings you into more, in, into empathy with people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who yes. are not eating and it's not their choice. That's amazing. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and to me, uh, we have, you know, we have people who are hungry and uh, not only around the world, but even in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, this is why one thing we do in Ramadan, I would take a group of youth mm. and then we go to downtown Indianapolis and feed people who are hungry while we are fasting. Mm. And so wow. what I tell them, look at you now, mm. you, I mean, I go with them sometimes. They do most of the job. But I would look at this pasta and I would love to eat that pasta. Mm. I cannot eat it, but I'm so happy that I'm feeding someone else who's yeah. hungry and who's able to eat it. Yeah. And and to us, this is yeah. actually, um, you know, this is exactly what fasting is about empathy. Mm. Yes. I mean, yes. You see, soon we will be yeah. eating, breaking our fast, but these people probably will not have whatever mm. they need to break their fast. Mm. So if you're fasting, again, the we when it comes to religion, we need to go beyond rules, commands. Yes. Yes. The moral of the lessons yeah. that we learn from this. Yeah. And then people will be able to resonate with religion. Absolutely. The 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 prophet Isaiah, there's this text we reflect on a lot when we fast in sort of Christian, obviously, of course it's a Jewish text, but um I think about it so often where the prophet says, in while condemning fasting for the sake of appearances, to appear pious, to impress your neighbor, to impress God and all that. Is this not the fast that I have chosen, says the Lord? And it's all about um, liberating from the bonds of oppression. It's all about uh, it, it's all about uh, the poor and the oppressed becoming free and being liberated. Like this is this is what fasting is for. It's not oh, like it's to, to show that you're to demonstrate you're spiritual. It is, it's more than you. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's beautiful. That's so good. Um, you because I want to I want to talk about all the things. I'll never forget, because this is a story I've told a lot too, the first time we did one of our little interfaith dialogues. And the first question I asked that I thought might be a risky question, but I love this idea that within our traditions, we should be able to celebrate who we are and the beautiful thing that we bring to the table, but also come from a posture of vulnerability. And I asked this question of what's something that's like a unique 
what is one of the unique treasures that your tradition brings to the table? And tell me something that you've struggled with or had tension with within your tradition. And your answer just kind of blew me away because it's what my answer would have been. I don't know. I don't want to steal Please your line. Remind here. me because I can't remember. Okay, what so you don't remember? You don't just remember all these amazing I'm things just, that you said? I just say it and then it's just a spontaneous. Okay. And I can bring you 10 different things that I struggle with. In yeah, my, yeah. In my religion or the way people presented my religion. Um, and honestly, mm. I, we. This is a constant battle. Sure, and sure. Am I so? Sometimes I, the positions that I'm taking now, mm. uh, the position of empathy, mercy, compassion, yes. for many Muslim clergy, they see that this is watering down you. Yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, to me, uh, okay, am I really true Muslim? Actually, there was someone who said you are actually a fake Muslim. I said, wow. I said, why? Wow. He said because true Muslim is a vicious person, is not compassion Ooh. or empathetic person. I said, and, and the, 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 the individuals, uh, he is Christian mm. from Egypt. Mm, okay. And I mentioned this specifically because the way Christians are treated mm. in many countries, of course, that's what they're seeing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to me, you know, of course, I, I'm, I'm in a defense position now. Sure. I said, look, I believe I am the correct person mm. and i have been bothering between myself and okay am i really being a fake muslim or i'm being real muslim mm. and when i go back to the quran and see these verses that actually support my, what i'm doing supports what i'm saying and my principle that i'm standing on yes i, I i'm then i get reassured yeah like uh, mm. and i you know I, I tell a lot of people i cannot you know um emphasize this enough people who are hijacked the planes in on 9-11 and attacked these buildings yeah of course, it made history. Sure. I told these people hijack my own religion, mm. just like they hijacked the point. Wow. Yeah. So now you are in between, torn between these people who champion Islam. Yeah. And they say, we are the true Muslims. We have to be, we Oof. have to be angry. We have to be mm. revengeful. We have mm. to hate, you know, you really have to hate in order to be a good Muslim. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm wow. telling you, no. You have to be loving and caring and yeah. compassionate to be a good Muslim. Mm, mm. Now, see, I really, I, I can't even tell you. Like this, that, see, I don't know what I told you. This makes me feel like. Well, first of all, this makes me feel like preaching. Like I'm, Please. I'm so wound up right now because, like, it's it's wild how it's all the same. You know how many times people said about me or said to me some version of "You're a fake Christian." Really? Okay. Yeah, you're a fake Christian because oh, it's always about love with you. It's always about inclusion. Don't you understand? Holiness means making war with sinners, not like it's not like, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, with the pushback that I get all the time. And that's where, and I just find it so fascinating, like that people, again, within the same tradition could land so differently. But I know like with Christians, of course, I'm always talking about Jesus yes. and the way that Jesus interprets the text that goes before them. And I, this bears out in every text. He is always playing down texts that involve like violent judgment. Mm -hmm. There's a Famously, when Jesus first kind of uh, kind of comes out as Jesus, as like prophet, Messiah, like however, whatever language Christians would use, then he quotes from this Old Testament passage in Isaiah. Well, it's this whole thing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has sent me to preach the gospel of the poor, uh, to loose the, the captives, to set the oppressed free. And the very next part of that verse in Isaiah says, uh, then goes on to talk about, you know, punishing uh, the wicked and uh, executing vengeance. And when Jesus gets to that part, it says he rolled up the scroll and he sat down. And there we see this consistently, the way that Jesus interprets these texts. It's always 
the most merciful, the broadest, the most inclusive way you could define those texts. That's how Jesus is using his own scripture. So just the way that we both relate to scripture uh, within our traditions, the way that other people are not always going to be a fan of this. Right. They're going to say like... <laughs> I, I was actually, I have been called liberal imam uh, multiple times and mm. in an insulting way, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, actually there was one individual who was after my Instagram, oh, I passionately hate liberals. Mm. And uh, I said, why are you, are you calling me liberal? He said, because you always talk about love and compassion. And and this same individual, I treated him in a moment with a very compassionate manner. Mm. And I said, it's really weird how people love you, for you to treat them with compassion and mercy and empathy and love. Mm. But when it comes to others, they want you to treat them as enemies and be harsh with them. Mm. And it's just this this selfish nature of human being is everybody today who preaches hate. If you go and treat them with hate, they will hate it. Yeah. But they hope and anticipate that you treat them with mercy. Right. So why you don't share the same mercy mm. that you would like to be treated That's with, right. with That's everyone? Right. And we have a verse in the Quran that says, mm. My punishment, I will afflict with it whomever I want, mm. but my mercy overwhelmed everything. Wow. Wow. And what we are doing today, we are narrowing the mercy of God yeah. and then expanding his punishment and anger. Yeah. And, and, you know, I see this in the message of Jesus. I see mm. this in the message of Prophet Muhammad. You know, he would, somebody would be a sinner yes. and would come and they wanted to actually confess about their sin. Mm. He would say, go, no, no, just go and ask for forgiveness. You don't have to confess. Mm. And he would, somebody would come and ask for permission. Do, do you allow me to commit a sin? He would treat him with mercy and then smile to him. So we have this in our traditions to treat people, including yes. the sinners. Yes. And trust me, I don't care whether you go to a mosque mm. or to a church. Why people are not going to houses of worship today? Man, that, it is because that the pulpit is being mm. used as an right. attack place. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. a, a person will enter the church or a mosque, and the first thing they hear is cursing the sinners. Mm. Trust me, they will not come back again. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. And, and I mean, you know, there is a statement in uh, you know that says, "If only non-sinner." Mm. Are the one who's supposed to preach? Yeah, no one should have been. No one is allowed to be a preacher because oh, we all are sinners. That's so right. Yeah. Well, and and we've talked about this before. Is how we've seen that within our respective traditions, oftentimes the people who are living the most are the people who are living the worst. Rather, are the people who would claim yes, to most revere that. these texts. Exactly. Yes. And and it becomes a cover to do the worst things, of course, because you're not living in reality. The reality is you're a frail person yes. who's in need of mercy. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes. I mean, you spoke my heart and uh, mm. most people who are, you know, we don't, I, I tell people hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm. There is difference between the two. When you hate the sinner, then you will continue hating them even after they stop sinning. Yeah. And you shouldn't be yeah. even hating them because they sin because mm. like, just because you sin differently, it right. doesn't make you That's better. Right. Wow. Uh, so, you know, we have to, we, we, we don't like sins. We don't yeah. promote sins. But if somebody comes to us mm. as a sinner, we have to love them, welcome them, treat mm. them with dignity and respect. And this is why I tell people, if the mosques are only for pious people, it looks like you are saying wow. hospitals are only for healthy people. Yes, yes. Who goes to the hospital if you're not sick? Mm. People need to come to churches, to mosques, <laughs> 
because yes. they are a sinner and they need to repent. Yes. If oh. we are not welcoming them, then the word they should go and repent, gosh. I mean, Jesus literally says this, you know, it's not the, uh, that it's not the well who need a physician, but the sick. Oh, really? And, oh, my goodness. And I think about this in churches all the time because churches are so often the last place in the world anybody would feel like they could be vulnerable or tell the truth of their story. Be, and it's, it's awful. It's the mosques. Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. it's it become like a pious people club. Yes, and trust me, yes. I, I, you know, these people who, you know, I one time a, a, a gentleman come to the mosque and... In uh, in Islam, drinking alcohol is 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 for, forbidden. Sure. And uh, he came to me and he smells and I, he told me, you know, I, I'm I'm drunk, mm. but I love coming here. Mm. I said I love for you to be here. Mm. And then I told I give instruction in the mosque: never, if you smell marijuana on someone, mm. or you smell alcohol on someone, or a lady comes in the mosque and she is not dressed well or whatever. Mm. I wouldn't, I will never allow you to address them. Wow. You, they have to be welcome first. Yeah. Maybe this is the first time they're coming to the mosque. Mm. And maybe a word that you say can turn them away. Yeah. And I, this yeah. goes to churches everywhere. Absolutely. You go. Absolutely. We, we have to be, as faith leaders, uh, we are hosts on behalf of God. Yeah. Yeah. Houses of worship. Mm. We are not policemen. That, oh, that's so we good. Are not that's so good. Guards. That's so good. How are we, how is it that we, are preaching the same sermon. I just think it's, I think it's so wonderful. I mean, you, um, well, I, when I'm just so convinced that if people have a God that's narcissistic and violent, you're making God into your own image, but this is not the way it's supposed to work. I think the, I mean, uh, another pro thing from Isaiah, this, you know, the way that God's mercy is, is higher than our mercy and it, uh, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But the context is this talking about the mercy of God, not that God's so far above. God might do horrible things, but uh, that look evil to you, but they're great. No, the point is that God's capacity for mercy yes. is so much so deeper much. than ours. Exactly. Oh, And I, we don't want to narrow God's mercy. Yes. Um, and he expanded it. And, mm. and I really hope to, uh, from our mm. audience, you know, we learn from one another, you know, we, we, we revere, we respect one another. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I always tell everyone, please, if you can keep only one character in your life, mm. is compassion. Yes. Yes. You would never go wrong by doing that. That's right. That's right. And we have actually a statement uh, said by Prophet mm. Muhammad. He says, be compassionate with those who are on the earth. So those who are in the heaven will be compassionate with you. Wow. And whoever wow. doesn't have compassion mm. on people, God will not have compassion on them. Mm. So to, for you to earn even God's compassion, yeah, please share it. Yes. I mean, yes. if that, yes. that's, uh, it's the bottom, it's yeah. bottom of everything. Yeah. I so believe it. And I, I just have to think whatever it means to draw close to God, to know God, surely it makes people more tender and more humble. Yeah. Not more certain necessarily, yes, yes. certainly not harsher, yes, but more tender. Amen for that. Oh, this is well, I derailed myself, but the you know, going back to that initial story when I asked you that day, because I just this just unleashed something, and I mean, it was like an explosion in my head. So, because your response at the time was that okay. this, you know, the same folks who you felt like taught you lots of oh, so many valuable, beautiful oh, things yes. about your religion that you still cherish. Yeah. As you came to the West and you oh, yes. developed a relationship yeah. with Christians, yeah. they're like, oh, but what they said about Christians and about Christianity said, yes. has not turned out to be true. Yes. So this is why, subhanAllah, it's, it's in Islam. There is a verse that says, oh, those who have believed, 
be justice and be fair, mm. even if fairness goes against you. Well, and uh, unfortunately, the way Islam, um, the way Christianity is taught and presented in many Muslim majority countries, mm. including people who taught me, mm. lie about Christianity. Yeah, and mm. and, and to mm. me, this is actually we, you know, the the verse of fairness. Mm. Just because you disagree with someone, you should not make up things about them. Yeah, yeah. And and to me, actually, the damage that caused yes. that caused is making me doubt about things that they taught me about my own religion. Ooh, wow, wow. And 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 this is the reason why I, I you know I, I I'm really grateful to be vulnerable enough to share mm. this. Please, please, I don't care how much you disagree with someone. Yeah, don't make things about them. Yeah. Because if you do so, you are causing damage to your own religion, mm. to your own self, mm. to your own character, to, yes. own your, to your own yes. mo morality and ethics. And this is actually, I'm really grateful that we're having this conversation mm. now. God says in the Quran, The fact that there are differences between you and people should not make you unfair with them mm. or about them. Yeah. Be fair. It doesn't yeah. matter what the... That verse wasn't applied by my teacher mm, who taught wow. comparative religion. Wow. Yes, I believe in uh, transparency, sure. things out there the way they are, but I'm I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to see to yeah. meet people like you. Yeah. I um, and many other pastors and rabbis mm. who I was able to listen to them directly mm -hmm. and hear from them instead of and this is why I tell people nobody should teach other people religion. Teach your own religion. Yeah, that's Let so true. people who own wow. the religion yes. teach their religion. Let them <laughs> yeah. present it. Yeah. Because don't falsify mm. facts. Right. Oh. Let the oh. truth present itself. Oh. Mm. And this is why, you know, mm. Al-Haqqu min Rabbik, this is a verse from the Quran, Al-Haqqu min Rabbika fala takunanna min al-Muntirin. The truth is from your Lord and do not be among those who lie. Oh, wow. Wow. Do not falsify facts. And the reason this was so explosive to me when you shared this mm is because I felt like one of the first cracks in my own faith was getting to know Muslim people and realizing everything I'd ever heard about Islam and about Muslims. Oh, none of that's true. Going to, so specifically going to the Middle East and being, and certainly, and, and they're so often not talked about, but certainly the hospitality experience from Palestinian Christians, but specifically I would say Palestinian Muslims. Mm -hmm. The greatest hospitality I've experienced in my life. I have never felt more welcomed, more received than being in the homes of Palestinian Muslim people. And for somebody growing up as a Pentecostal Christian in the South, and 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 not so much, I think, the Pentecostal thing, more just Chris, a Christian in the South, because that flavor often is the same. It it did. It caused me to rethink so many things. It was like, okay, well, if you were that wrong about this, yeah, what else are you wrong about? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because these things are just lies. But the fact that then people can feel like in the name of their religion, that somehow it would be holy to slander people and to say things that just are not true. Yeah. Just demonstrably untrue. And, and I do think that to, to be compassionate towards people who think this way, I do think often they're not in those relationships. Yes. They don't know anybody who's generous. not in their circle. Yes, you're right. You know? yeah, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I honestly think we are in a world that is open now. That's Information right. Information is accessible. Yeah. You are so kind, my brother. But, uh, you know, I really think 
yes, there is laziness, intellectual yes. laziness. Yes, yes. We could just go a little extra mile to mm. talk to someone who is different than us. Yeah. And to me, what actually changed yeah. my perception was actually my professor who taught me English. Mm. And I still remember her name, Professor Wanda. And her husband and her, they, they were missionaries in Jordan. Oh, but wow. She happened to be my first professor who taught me English. My second, mm. I'm sorry, not my first. But they actually welcomed me in their house mm. when actually I was not welcomed by Muslims. Wow. And they welcomed me in their wow. house. They treat me like literally in every major event that they had. Mm. They hosted me not to convert me. They just loved me the way who I am. Yeah. And, uh, they knew I'm Muslim and they know about Muslims. Of course, they lived in Jordan and so forth. Yeah. And I saw this and it reminded me of a verse in the Quran mm. that says, you will find the most affectionate people, the closest people to Muslims, mm. those who said we are Christian. Wow. That is a yeah. verse in the Quran. Fascinating. It is. And I don't know how mm. they overlooked all that. Yeah, they yeah. They presented the other side. Yes. Mm. They will find, you will find the closest people to Muslims mm. are those who said we are Christians because they are not arrogant. And among wow. them, they are, they are pastors. And mm. you know, the first place that the Muslims, when they were persecuted in Mecca, before they went even to Medina, mm. the Prophet Muhammad told them, go to Abyssinia. Mm. And there is a Christian king. There was a Christian king okay. who is fair. You go and take refuge with him. Mm. The first protector of the Muslims wow. were not other Arab, wow. but Christian king from Abyssinia. Mm. So mm. I, I don't know how this historical relationship, of course, there are a yeah. lot of ups and downs. Sure. But this historical relationship that should be based on peace and cooperation yes. yeah. should never change to where we yeah. see today war yeah. and hate and of course you know we all have responsibility and this is why it kind of conversation are much mm. that that story is so beautiful to me on so many levels even this idea that like uh for a muslim to seek refuge among a christian because i know like in my sense it'd be like if anybody messes with you they're messing with uh, yeah. me like that's i would have your back you at anything that's right you and, said I, you and I think that can i feel like you'd be the same with me yeah like well if anybody's have my back that'd be imam alamin yeah. and that but that idea that we get to be that kind of refuge for each other, yes. one could also, if I want to be spicy about it, one might say that the fake Christians and fake Muslims are the ones who are turning their faith into a weapon rather than an instrument of healing and making it more about their own hatred and their own need for, I need outsiders so I know that there is an insider. I need, you know, a, a, a them so that we can be an us. Maybe those are the folks who aren't authentically practicing yes, their so own faith. This is why I, I really come to a conclusion after a long battle between me and myself. Mm. I said, look, I care about God is the one who gave me this intellect. Yeah. And he yeah. is the one who created me this way. Yeah. And I am accepting it. Mm. I am accepting to understand that mm. Islam is a weapon of peace. Mm. It is a tool of justice. It is a platform for brotherhood. And yeah. this relationship that should be going beyond my tribe mm -hmm. to where it is the whole world. Wow. And, there, the, wow. and, and this is a, there is a verse that in the Quran that says, to Prophet, God says to Prophet Muhammad, we have not sent you, but mercy mm. for the whole universe. Wow. And why mm. now you are trying mm. to convince me that I am not a mercy for the universe. I yeah. am a destruction for the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, if you call me liberal, I'm sure. happy to be liberal. Sure. If this is what liberal is. If that's what that means. Exactly. If that's what that means. If this is what fake is, I would rather take that than being someone who causes destruction, spread hate. Mm. And things that I personally, I'm not happy with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, so, yes. 
it's it's a color you know we have color within our hearts yeah and we are following it authentically oh, i said and what's wild i think is that when you have those people who would say well this is because you're a liberal or this or that as if when because i think your experience has been the same in mine in terms of like no it's for me it's like it's because of my faith in jesus what i believe about jesus what i believe about christianity this is the reason that I feel this way, not because someone corrupted exactly, my yes, faith. Exactly. Yes. I mean, because here I, I believe this to I really believe this to be true. Um, religion that I ironically, it's it's unhealthy, but on a superficial level, the religion that is the most harsh and the most black and white will always grow the fastest because there are people who are gonna be drawn to certainty right. and want like everything to be clear. It, any whenever to make these movements towards Mercy towards justice, towards inclusion is never going to be the popular it way. Is not. But people act like you're selling out to be popular. But it's like, no, honey, this is not what's popular in religion. Like the, in religion, it is never going to be like the sexy thing. Oh, you really grow this thing if you start including everybody. Yes. Like, no, you won't. No, like, you, you will, will be, that'll be the narrow way. That's right. You will be excluded. We're not looking for fame. Yeah. We are not looking for popularity, nor we are looking for, you know, any type of credit. I really think that, mm. you know, and I, 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 it's, it takes audacity to, to take that stand. Yes. It's yes. very easy to fall into the category of white or black. Yes. It, it is, you know, it's very easy to take one side. Mm. But I really believe that God doesn't want us to take every time one side. Yeah. He wants us to take positions. Yes. But yes. he, he never want us to go out and be hostile. That's right. To others. And then, um, well, you know, Yes, it's it has popularity to be hostile, sure. to be a, a fear monger. Yeah, uh, but well, good luck or them. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But it's not God's way. <laughs> it's not God's way. But yeah. boy, we see it in politics all the time. There is no easier way to succeed than to tell people, yeah. "Oh, it's not it's not your fault. It's all their fault." Yes, here there's they're the villain. Here's the bad guy. Like that, all what you of course that will get momentum in a crowd. It does, but it's not. It does God energy. It's not. The Holy Spirit. I and just, I know. tell people, if you are ever watching this, mm. I'm going to ask you this question. Always when you treat people or you think on how treating someone, ask how would you like to be treated? Mm. And I really say this and I want you to think about it. If the way you are treating people is not the way you would like to be treated, mm. then definitely you are wrong. Yeah. And this is just as simple as that. If you think that being mm. compassionate with a sinful person or someone who's different than you, being merciful of them, being loving them, treating them well is a bad thing. Yeah. We all have our flaws. Yeah. And ask yourself, when you make your mistakes, mm -hmm. when you fall short, how do you like people to treat you? Mm. If you, we, we will all vulnerable. We are all vulnerable. Yeah. The next time you become a victim of the devil, Mm. and commit a major sin. Mm. And now you wanted a second chance and nobody's giving you a second chance. How would you feel? Mm. We all deserve a second chance. That's God right. has given us That's multiple right. chances. So we should give people chances. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And it's so, and again, without trying to turn this into some kind of reverse form of judgment, it's what's so sad for me about a lot of clergy is that Okay, because I one one of the things I've got to do in the last few years that I love is I feel like a lot of pastors will come to me for help, like for for their own pastoring. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I see consistently, it's like, well, everybody who's a religious leader or spiritual leader feels frail and vulnerable mm -hmm. if they're in touch with reality. But a lot of people bury that, yes, and they and they go to the phone booth and come out like this 
they act like they're superhuman when deep down they know it's not true. They know it's not uh, real. You are, that's one, oh my goodness. That is why I said as an imam, I will, some, many times I dress formally on mm. Fridays, but I like to dress down. I like to go out and eat, sit down with people, mm. joke around, being to me. I don't have to fake anything just because I'm well, an imam. Yeah. If I'm yeah. vulnerable, if I have to cry, I will cry. Yeah. If I have to look sad, I will look sad. If I have, if I, if I made a mistake and I got, I messed up, mm. not to put my sins out there for everyone to see it. Sure. But I will tell you, I messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a perfect person. I, I'm not even near to be a perfect. Mm. And trust me, my brother, that made my life so easy. Mm. Faking perfection. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, and I will tell you, I will be vulnerable right now. Mm. The first one year I become imam, it was a struggle. Mm. Everybody's looking at the imam as a, no, you have to be the perfect person. Yeah, yeah. And then I lose sleep over what people think about me. Mm. After the second year, I said, look, I'm a human being. I'm not an angel. Wow. Well, well. And I'm the God sent prophets to be human beings mm -hmm. so they can be vulnerable. Yes, yes. So if prophets wow. are vulnerable, who I am not to be vulnerable? That's right. That's Trust right. Me, if you are a clergy, be vulnerable, and it makes your life so easy. I believe it. I believe, it. and 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 it's what 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 path is there to follow? Except, I mean, in the Christian story, the idea of Jesus, sort of divine becoming human, is that he's teaching us how to be human. That's the idea. Is that being human is holy? Uh, being human is good. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of the fact that you're frail and in Islam we actually we believe God being human is amazing. Mm. It's beautiful. That's why God created us using his own hands. Yeah. Yeah. He created everything else by saying be and then things become. Mm. But for human being, we have honor. Yeah. With our force. Yes. 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 So I, I really uh. think we should appreciate the fact that we are human being, accept mm. our vulnerability, mm. be humble, you know, uh and, and, and this goes a long way, making mm. your life easier, but also you make, make the yeah. life of people who yeah. you are leading easier. Yes. Tomorrow in our uh, session, I'm going to be using a spirituality quiz that I wrote last fall. That's been fun. And, and the idea is that there aren't, there really are not right or wrong answers. They tr it truly is, you know, again, more, it says more about you than some objective, whatever. But one of the questions I will tip my hand on is like one of the questions I ask is, are the most holy people, and of course, and, and it's intended to be for a broad audience, uh, religiously. But are the most holy people where you come from? Are they the most humble people or the more certain people? On that one, I really do want to cheat and say, y'all, the right answer here is humble. Oh, they're not the most. The certain people are the ones you need to be afraid of. Yes. The people who are too certain, because yes. yes. we're. I think I'm. The more I go, the more I'm convinced that we're way too certain about all the wrong things, and that we what we need is not more certainty, but more humility. Humility. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, humility, honestly, is the biggest gift you could ever get. Mm. Humility. Uh, your path to perfection is humility. Yeah. We will never be perfect. That's right. But the closest you can get to perfection is when you are humble. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so believe that. When we're dependent and okay with being dependent. Yeah, we do need God. We do need others. And like, um, first of all, this is electric. I don't want to take up your whole day. I just realized the time. And I was like, oh, wow, we've done this for a minute. Oh, really? Um, and, but I, I mean, I, I could just, I, I'm glad I get to do this uh, for the next 24 hours so that we'll have more time to talk about it. The great mind think the same. I was thinking about that and then he brought it up. So oh, that's, 
It's well, I do. There's such a mysterious spirit thing that happens with us. And I love, I love, like, I love all the people who'll be freaked out too from either of our tribes or traditions. And he'd be like, oh, well, you don't know. Like, yeah, well, you need to be messed with it this way. Um, I think that's what God does. But I, I did want to make sure I ask you this because this, this feels important right now. So in the time that we had, like in December, and of course, your friendship with Rabbi Pfeffer and other rabbis, I know that you've been part of a lot of these conversations and, one of the things I saw specifically you do, um, at least involved with a couple of events, and I thought this was so important, um, then within your own community, helping people to process the trauma of what's going on in the world right now. Because I do think it's important to name, and I know that, and I just completely trust how you any direction would go with this, but I thought just just a little space here. When we were just talking before we started, so what's the number now? We're, we're like, what, over 28,000 people have been killed in Gaza? Yes. And I would love for you to just to say a little bit about what it's been like for you as a Muslim in the United States, walking with people within your community here and in that beautiful and very volatile part of the world, what it's been like to process the all these traumatic images and like just what 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 your experience has been. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for bringing that up. Uh, the loss of every human life is a loss for the humanity. Mm. And uh, we have a verse in the Quran that actually was revealed to Prophet Moses and to um, uh, Israelites. And God says, for that reason, we have decreed that anyone who takes the life of one person as if they killed the entire humanity. Mm. And whoever saves one life as if they, they saved the entire humanity. Wow. Um, Today, uh, the number is about 20, closer to 29,000 mm -hmm. uh, people uh, dead. Actually, many, most of them are, uh, we believe to be innocent women mm -hmm. and children. And uh, it really breaks my heart. And uh, there is no word to express. And you can, this is, I mean, I'm not going to give you any numbers because, or, uh, or specific stories. These stories, you can go to CNN, you can go mm -hmm. to even Haaretz, the Israeli newsletters, um, different uh, uh, international or global news outlets and see the tragic things that are happening mm -hmm. in, in Gaza. Um, everyone in that land is supposed to be living peacefully. Mm -hmm. That is a land of peace. That is the land, the holy land for Muslim Christians, Jews. Yeah. When the war in Ukraine broke out, I supported Ukraine without even hesitating for a second mm. because I believe in concept of justice mm -hmm. and I, uh, I I would fight injustice. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Mm. And I support the right of people. It doesn't matter who they are. Mm -hmm. And when Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, you know, I had an obligation as a Muslim to stand mm -hmm. by Ukraine because the Russia, Russia is and was an oppressor. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, thousands of civilians got killed in that yeah. war who have nothing to do yeah. with the politics of Ukraine or Russia. Yeah. And today, um, what we are seeing happening in the Middle East, uh, I, again, I believe in a peaceful solution, mm -hmm. two-state solution, where both people have right to coexist. Mm. And we have the United Nations resolutions. All we need to do is going back to, first of all, to our principles yeah. of peaceful coexistence, justice, and uh, protection of women elderly mm -hmm. today unfortunately even um, first responders are not safe yeah. uh, we uh, the, recently there was a story of a young girl who's uh, the, the story is shared in bbc and all these newsletter or news platforms 
this young girl, I think she was six years old, who was with her family fleeing a place where it was supposed not to be safe to a place where it was supposed to be safer mm. when the family got attacked by IDF and killed all of them except her. Mm. And she survived, but then she was on the on, on emergency line with the first responders. The, uh, the, the ambulance that came to rescue her actually got bombed mm. and they all died. Mm. And they couldn't find her body until days after and uh, completely decomposed. Um, I have one of my professors who's in Gaza and uh, the condition is very unhuman. They don't have access to mm. food. They don't, and I ask one of them, and I will finish with this, you know, uh, how do you, like the restroom, the sewage system, he said, we don't have food to eat, so we don't need restrooms. Mm. And to us, the, I, I, I ask everyone to actually look at the condition, learn more, don't rely on what I'm saying, yeah. learn more about what is going on in, in Palestine mm. and do the right thing. Mm. Mm. I'm not going to ask you to take a side, but at the same time, we don't want this conflict to be a reason to create conflict between the Muslim and Jews. Mm. There is no, you know, I, I, literally the Arab and Jews, they're all Semitic. Yeah. And uh, th there is no room for anti-Semitism. Yeah. And this is why I, my message is always, we have to condemn the atrocity that is going on by the Israeli government, but we should never trace this to the Jew Jews. Mm. We have to love and treat our Jews, brothers and sisters with compassion, mm. with mercy, and we should never make them liable and responsible yeah. for the actions that are going on. Mm. And uh, I'll, I said I'll finish with that, but this is what I tell people. The most, for the Muslims and Jews are in the U.S. First of all, we have local responsibility, national responsibility to keep the peace between us. Yes. We have to, we cannot not talk to one another. Mm. We have to talk to one another. We have to be empathetic with one another. Mm. We have to be supportive to one another. We might have our differences and we will, mm. but that should never allow us to, to, to separate. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Rabbi Pfeiffer, uh, Rabbi Speaker, these are, I really consider them like my brothers. Yeah. These are people who value the values, the same values mm. I share. Mm. So I tell the Muslims never, I will not tolerate and will not allow to have any anti-Semitism mm. against our Jewish brothers and sisters. And we have to be firm about that. Mm. And at the same time, I ask people to understand the struggle of the Palestinians. Yes. Yes. Do the right thing. I'm so glad we're landing here because, you know, um, one of the things I put in the Advent book, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that experience was um, that first uh, Jim prayer service that would have been after uh, the mass attack, and then already at that point, scores of yes. Palestinian people killed. And I remember that day specifically, your charge to our Muslim students was check in on your yes. Jewish siblings, yes. see if they're okay. And I was so I was so touched by that because I know everybody in that room mm -hmm. is processing all these traumatic images in real time. And what in the charge was check on your Jewish, and, and it makes so much sense too, in the sense that in rural Indiana both our Jewish and Muslim communities, of course, are marginalized. You're not close to a temple. You're not close to a mosque. And like, and I was standing the, here in the doorway with you when, um, I think that, I think you were standing there at the time. I know Rabbi Pfeffer was, was right in the same space, but when later that day, because Rabbi Pfeffer, and that was going to be more just like the spirit of it was more, you know, Jewish students were gathering, uh, with each other all the time, but you had told them, 
hey, if you don't know your Jewish siblings, go come and meet them today. And I watched Mahin and a couple other MSA students come through the door. And the first thing they did was go straight to Abby and Olivia, the head of our Hillel here, and like mm-hmm. take their hands and say, I am, I am so sorry for what you're going through. How can we help? Oh my goodness. And it just... <laughs> It's where, I, I, you know, I, for no matter whether you have whatever your belief system, faith system, or if you have no system, if you're pessimistic about what's happening in the world and so many horrible things are happening, I just wish people could have these experiences. Because I thought, tell me, like, that, like, like I'm bearing witness to something really holy here that people, while they're processing their own pain and trauma, are saying, hey, you're my brother and my sister. Like, how can I be here for you? And this is what makes us different. It's yeah. very easy to show that we are brothers and sisters and we are peaceful people when everything's okay. That's right. But now all this, the relationship that we've built and the platform that you have presented mm. was put in test. Mm. And I'm really glad that we passed the test. I, to, yeah. Like, I, I cannot stop saying this, you know, the fact that we are all in the same building, yes. the fact yes. that you show empathy to both sides mm. in making sure that they are all taken care of. Mm. How the university give the platform and also make sure that listening to both parties yeah. and we are all coming. None of these students is part of what is going on in the sure, sure. But at the same time, they have families who are impacted. That's right. As a human being, I have an obligation to show mercy yeah. and compassion. I, I've been preaching, we've been preaching mercy yeah. Like since we started, yeah. if I cannot show it to someone who lost a loved one, yeah. I don't care what the circumstances are. Yeah. And where is the mercy I'm putting? Mm. And I'm really glad that, you know, uh, the Muslim students, you know, showed, you know, responded to the message mm. and this, the, 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 the Jewish student reciprocated it. It's just, I mean, this is the model. And, uh, you know, mm. this is why I'm always hopeful in our younger generation. Mm. Oh, me we, too. We, we, there is a lot of goodness in there. That's right. That's right. And this is why I said, you know, from America, we export peace. We don't import violence into it. Wow. So whatever is going on overseas, we hope and we pray for them. Mm-hmm. And we try our best to build a local model, a national model that could be replicated somewhere else. Mm. What a beautiful, what beautiful language. Yeah. Exporting peace. Yes. How can we export peace? peace? Yes. But but we have to practice that peace with each other, and that doesn't happen without curiosity and friendship and listening and having these kind of times that I get. I, I do tell people all the time, I've got the coolest job in the world, and how lucky I feel to get We're to do this. To have you here. Well, I just, you know, it's like all the experience I've had in ministry before, and even in time in my life when I was younger and preaching at big churches and these opportunities, I, I tell people all the time, I have never, I never feel more like a Christian than getting to have the kind of connections that I do with my Muslim and Jewish and Buddhist and non-believing friends like here has never made me feel more like a Christian. I've never learned as much. I've never grown as much as vocationally the most fulfilling thing that I get to do. you in your own faith. It does. It does. And that's the thing that's so beautiful about, I think, what we're doing. We're not flattening the particularity of our own traditions to be friends. It's like, no, we get to bring all of that. And, uh, and, and it, it's not good. It's not healthy. If you feel like, I just love our notion of interfaith here is not like we just put all the symbols on the wall at the same time and everybody hold hands and nobody pray a prayer that says any particular thing. So nobody else get offended. It's like, no, if you can't pray your prayer in my company, then what, what are we doing? If I, if I can't pray the way that I pray in front of you, then what is this? You know, you know I, I was talking to Captain Maureen earlier. She said, you know, we are doing, we are being authentic, more or less. We are being authentic. We are not that watering down our religion. Yeah. We are being truly who we are. Yes. And at the same time, welcoming to those others who are different than us. Yeah. And this is what 
being comfortable being who you are. I felt very comfortable to preach when, uh, you know, Pastor Brother Jonathan is sitting mm. right in front of me. Mm. I can be who most, the Muslim I am. Yeah, He is the pastor he is. And it's just beautiful to be rea- really who you are. And at the same time, being so loving and respectful and kind to mm. another. Yeah. We don't have yeah. to fake or protocols or anything. That's right. That's right. We are presenting the world the way it should look like it. I believe it. I, really I believe so. it. And I, and I so believe that I need my, I need my Muslim friend to be the Christian that I'm supposed to be. I think that's how it works. We complete each other. We carry each other. And, uh, it just, okay. So I said, uh, we were landing like 15 minutes ago, uh, 15 minutes ago. Imam Alameen, if there's anything, however you want to do this, I would love it if you could. Something like if whether it's pronouncing a blessing or a prayer, however you want to do that, but just any kind of encouragement that you'd like to leave for, because I know not everybody gets to live in the midst of the kind of hopeful conversations that we have so often. So whatever direction you want to go, but I'd love for you to have a chance to address. So I, I wanted to say this. I love hope. Uh, mm. I have I have very difficult life, personal, professional. And uh, one thing that keeps me going is hope. And I don't care how much difficulties you are going through right now. I don't care how life is throwing obstacles one after another in front of you. Remain hopeful. Mm. Remain hopeful. Mm. You don't have control over tomorrow. We have no control over yesterday, but we have control over today. Don't worry too much about tomorrow. Mm. God has got it. Mm. Don't worry too much about your past. Past is nothing bad past is here to teach us lessons and i will tell you this and i'll finish on this i have a rule that i called 70 20 10 give 10 percent for your past mm. so that you can learn from le- lessons from it give 20 percent for your future so you mm. can plan for it give 70 percent of your moment right now for your present because that's what you have control over mm. and Many times, it is not that our present is bad. It is that we are worrying about the past that we cannot change. Or worrying, I mean, sad about the past that we cannot change. Or worrying about future that we don't have control over. But we are amazing right now. Mm. So look, count the blessings that you have and be grateful and be positive. Mm. And spread positivity. It doesn't Mm. matter what you're going through. Smile. Mm. Smile. Because when you smile... You know, it's contagious, but it makes you feel better. Yeah. And again, hope for better. And I really, I'm really grateful that you were able to uh, join mm. us today. And I'm very grateful for my brother, mm. um, um, Jonathan. And I really, and I told him, I, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed listening to him more than listening to many imams. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, wisdom, uh, he's a man full of wisdom, and I'm, mm. I'm really grateful to be uh, with you today and honor my Well, thank you so much for doing this, my friend. This is, a, what a blessing, and thank you all for joining us. Okay, for people who want to stay in touch with you, what are the best, because what are the best way to do that? Instagram, TikTok, I know you're Insta- on all the things. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's just simply Imam Ahmed mm. Al-Amin. Uh, I think you can put it in the comments so I people can that. see it. Uh, Imam, I-M-A-M, Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D, Al-Amin, A-L-A-M-I-N-E. That's a too long one. Mm-hmm. Imam Ahmed Al-Amin. On TikTok, are you, you're like the cool the imam or something? Yeah, Is that like, yeah, I love yes, this handle. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, yes, uh, they're all, yes, they, uh, on TikTok because 
all of them were younger kids in yeah. the generation, and I, I kind of wanted to be cool. Yeah. Is, oh, you are cool. There's no cool. You are unquestionably cool, uh, and, and a whole lot cooler than me. But that's why I, get, <laughs> yeah, I love that I get to do this. Is absorbing it. I'm absorbing the cool right now. So. <laughs> Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. And, and my mommy, this has been precious. Thank you for the time. We've got to do this again soon. And we'll Ew. be doing this here tomorrow at DePaul with our friends, too. So take care, everybody. Bye.